You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Check, please. Everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Limit Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us once again on the DU Podcast is Addison Edmonds, the founder of Gunner Kennels. Addison, welcome back to the DU Podcast. Hey Chris, thanks for having me. Also joining us today from Gunner is Luke Moore. Luke, welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. And hey, Luke, we're going to go ahead and just break in in style here. Our audience is pretty familiar with Addison, but they're probably not very familiar with you. So like we do with every other guest, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for Gunner. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously my name is Luke Moore. Um, I actually been working at Gunner for around close to a year and a half now. Um, I actually started on the customer experience team um, and started my career at Gunner there and probably a couple months ago transition transition into the marketing team which has been incredible you know i've gotten to know the product down to every every bolt and then go into the marketing team and kind of ensure i keep that customer experience for each customer industry industry connection and everything like that so um, it's been incredible transitioning into the marketing team with that and before we get in kind of the nitty-gritty with some of the new products which are uh you know exciting for all of us to to hear from new products from Gunner. I kind of want to just lay the groundwork here for the upcoming conversation with Addison and Luke and myself uh, for our listeners to really understand what the reason why we're doing the show like this is Luke has an older aging uh, retriever, a uh, black lab named Goose. And before the show kind of kicked off, Addison and I had these conversations where we thought it would be a good idea for Addison and I and Luke to kind of have this conversation about, you know, Goose's last season. And this is potentially Goose's last season hunting with with Luke. And Addison, you know, before we get into this, kind of just explain where you guys came up with this idea and how this relates to, it's very similar to how, you know, you kind of had your last season with Gunner. You know, this is something that unfortunately happens. And I, I think it's important to hear, you know, I didn't really have anybody telling me any tips on on anything with Gunner's last season? Um, and I think I thought that the last four seasons were Gunner's last season, but figured it'd be good since we're kind of Luke is living it in real time of um, you know just going over uh, maybe some ideas or thoughts on how to make sure that you're you know getting the most out of it for you and your dog on on their potential last season. It's bittersweet, you know, going to the last season, I get to experience potentially his last season, I should say, but getting to experience his. Uh, some of his last retrieves and just it's bittersweet. You get choked up, but smile at the same time. Cause you look back at how 
amazing the dog's been um, in and out of hunting. So, but no, I think you hit it, hit the nail on the head. It's uh, there's a lot to learn in a good way because, like you said, I'd rather be in this position getting a lot of feedback rather than nothing at all and just kind of going in blind. Yeah. Hey, Luke, before we, you know, provide any potential guidance on this last season, tell us a little bit about, Goose. you know, tell us how, how old he is and, you know, how long he's been hunting and anything that really stands out about Goose. Yeah, absolutely. So I would have, I got Goose when I was around 10 or 11 years old. Um, I actually got him as a Christmas gift. I asked for a lab forever and none of my family had had a hunting dog before. Um, some distance, some, I'd say, my cousin had the only hunting dog I'd ever hunted over for a period of time. And that's kind of what put that itch in me to get one. And it kind of went from there. So I got the got goose as a Christmas present and spent every hour I could after school um, doing basic obedience, the best that a 10 or 11 year old could do um, until I sent him off at six months old. He was trained for around six months uh, until all the way up to now. He just turned 12 this month and going into his last season. So um, it's again, bittersweet because I look back all those times, countless hours, hundreds and thousands of hours I've spent with him. It's just one of those, it's one of the dogs that everyone thinks about of, they look back and the dog with drive, uh, the dog with the off switch that everyone likes to say, um, the dog that is insane in the field, but you get him at home and he's just a loving house dog. You never even think he hunts. And I mean that in the best way possible, but um, even here in the office, man, everyone's like, where's Goose? Where's Goose? It's like, he comes along with me everywhere and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and at 12, is, is he having some, you know, issues or is it just the, he's just not you know, able to do it, you know, physically or, or, you know, why are you assuming that this is his last season? So it kind of hit me this, the last season, um, it, it, he showed it a little bit and I've never seen that out of him before. Um, but it was the second weekend of the season, uh, with probably 30 to 40 birds that day. And towards the end of the hunt, he just started stumbling a little bit and that may not seem that bad with that many birds with a semi older dog. But if if you know him, he's all drive. He's just go, go, go. So to see that for the first time ever, it hit me pretty hard. So I just kept an eye on him. Um, started noticing little things here and there. He'd hunt just as hard, but it hit him harder later. Uh, that next day, he'd be it'd be real tough for him. So I kind of kept an eye on him, um, tried my best to keep him in shape. And again, he'd look at him besides his gray hair on his snout. You'd never think he's 12, but his body doesn't seem to be keeping up with his drive at this point. Yeah, I think we've all seen it with that, you know, at that age group. I've got a 13-year-old female Black Lab now, and she really hasn't hunted for the last couple of years due to some injuries and some other things. But yeah, it kind of gets to that point where you you can see, you know, some things that the dog would never do, you know, even like just wearing out or getting tired or like you said, mention a stumble or something like that. With With my dogs, as they got older, the first thing that I noticed was that second day, you know, like they're all fired up for the first day. They do pretty much everything. Maybe you stumble. Maybe you feel like they're getting a little slower. But that next morning when you go to wake, you know, you have to wake up a dog that you never have to wake up before. You know, it's like uh, usually the dog's sitting at the door waiting on you when you, you know, get out of bed. And and there I was, you know, having to wake the dog up. Like, hey, wake up. It's time to go. So that's kind of the first thing that I realized when I had, you know, an aging retriever. Um, but Addison is you know, going into that last season for you was a little bit different. It sounds like in a different scenario, um, but probably very similar mentality. What, what would you, you know, tell Luke or anyone, any listener out there who potentially has an aging retriever, what would be some of the key things that you would tell them to do something that you would really like, Hey man, don't forget to do this. Yeah. Before we get into that, 
I haven't hunted with Goose, but he does not act like he's 12. I think that Luke's going to go into this thinking this is his last season. He might still get a couple hunts with him the following season. Um, he's a phenomenal dog. He's it, it, You can tell anytime I walk in the office, he's the first one I see and, and I connect with him because he's just a good older dog that I can tell is a special dog. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton of things. Like I thought, I think we did an article in maybe Wildfowl a few years ago. It was like his gunner was eight and it was called gunner's last run or gunner's last season or something like that. I, I literally every year was like, cause like you're saying after a two day, after a weekend hunt, I mean, he couldn't walk. I'd have to pick him up to go take him outside to pee. And I switched up his food to like a super healthy, fresh, also super expensive, but it was worth it. The food, and then I started giving him Adequin, and it, like within six months, it it no, it was within two months, it was like he shed a couple years off, and um, you know, was able to get four more seasons out of him. But with that being said, if it is his last, I think you know, number one, enjoy every minute of it. Um, I used an e collar on Gunner pretty much just so I could um, communicate with him, and he was like way far out, but the whole last season, I didn't put a collar on him. I just wanted him to hunt, you know, do what, do his thing. I would really encourage you. And this is something I always was bummed that I didn't do with Gunner. And I actually just started this with Chevy. I had him on his, I took him on his first dove hunt two weekends ago and, um, in Alabama. And I, at, after each hunt, I have a journal and I, wrote out how many birds he picked up and the conditions and any notes, like anything that he surprised me with. And so I would um, suggest keeping a journal for that last season, really making sure. Cause I, you know, I didn't do that for Gunners last season and I was lucky enough to be able to keep a bird from every hunt and got them mounted. And I can go back through my photo albums and see exactly where I was and who I was with. And, but I, you know, I'm walking down the, the hallway two years later and I'm showing somebody the ducks and I'm like, that hunt was from Kansas. That hunt was from Mississippi. And I looked at one and I was like, I can't remember if that was Oklahoma or Alabama. I just, if I had had a journal, I, I would really think I would like to have read it, you know, even now, but in 10, 15 years, um, you know, I think that'd be a good thing to to do and be able to look back on, but just enjoy it and have fun is kind of the two things. And Luke, I know you would never um, put Goose in a situation where, you know, it was hurting him and he probably would never show it, but, you know, be mindful of, of how he's acting in the field. And there's always a fine line of like, I knew Gunner wanted to get every bird, but I knew his body couldn't really do it at the very end. So yeah, you just got to be mindful of that. And Chris, you've, we've talked about this before, but you've, you know, you're, you're in this too, um, on your dogs likely last season. I'm sure I'm missing something. What are some other pieces of advice? You mentioned not really putting them in a position to injure themselves. But I think one thing that I did with, with my older dog, Cole was I really, put them in the position to succeed no matter what, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, instead of, you know, trying to, you know, go hunting in an area where I knew there was like thick cattails and we were going to drop a bird back there and he was going to have to spend time getting it and he, he would have gotten it. Um, but, you know, we hunted like some smaller potholes with not much vegetation around them and eat very easy retrieves, you know, kind of set the situation up. And I'm sure maybe you did that with Gunner as well, but, you know, that's something to, to definitely think about. And, and also, like I mentioned, the back-to-back hunts. <laughs> you know, I, I, sometimes it, maybe it's better to, to leave the dog at home on that second day because uh, you can really put them in a situation where they're not going to want to sit it out and they could, you know, potentially run into injury. So um, what kind of habitats are you typically hunting, Luke? 
So we, all of my family's from Southeast Missouri. So we're usually hunting over there in rice or bean fields. So okay. it's not terrible. Um, we used to hunt uh, kind of a deeper bar pit uh, that some cows ran through with some super bad mud, some deeper water as well. Um, but thankfully we're back into some rice and bean fields now. But one thing I really took out of that quick conversation is just like knowing the retreats to let your dog go on. Cause the one thing that stuck out to me from last season where he was stumbling, it was a pretty far retreat. You know, when he was four or five, that would have been nothing. But again, at this age, you know, that's just, it keeps playing in my mind and stumbling and struggling. And it just, it, it's hard to even think of. So I, I think it's just going to be a quote unquote sacrifice to even, pass on some birds just let them be right in front of you to to have him experience a great potentially last full season so it's it's just i'm thankful to even get some feedback on it because it's going to make a super hard process a, a little little bit easier yeah and i think you know one thing with my older lab he on his last hunt uh i do remember we basically we kind of said it was his last hunt and then like he's, it, it didn't end up being his last hunt because we found some birds on this little bitty pothole thing that we could basically drive right up to it because what his issue was was getting in and out of the car. He was so he had gotten so feeble at that point. Um, but getting him out there, you know, we, we could basically just lift him right out of the truck and set him down and he can sit right there. And then, you know, we drove away, obviously, and then set up decoys and did that. I think that's one thing for people to keep in mind, the getting to and from and getting in and out of maybe a side-by-side or a truck, anything like that. That's certainly something that I would pay attention to just to, you know, increase increase his longevity there and avoid any potential injury because because that's what's basically happened to my female now is that she's just been injured for the last few years you know achilles tear she has a bone in her right front paw that's that's broken inside and the only way to really fix it would be to seal it up all the way up the ankle and i'm like nah you might as well cut her leg off rather than seal it all the way up, you know? And so she has some limitations on what she can and can't do there. Um, but I would, I would definitely pay attention to that. The getting to and from, uh, the blind Addison, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And shameless plug, we actually make dog kennels that you can use to take, to take <laughs> out there. You can put them in the truck, you can put them in the can. <laughs> yeah. This was, um. uh, this, this was about 18 years before Gunner was, was yeah. founded. So yeah. But no, Luke, are you taking goose? We're going spec hunt in Arkansas this weekend. Are you taking goose? I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to plan out the kind of the hunts I'm taking them on just for the, I don't want to put any pressure on him or me. You know, I don't want to, to push yeah. it. Um, I want to give him some easy hunts throughout the year, even if it cuts down the hunting, I think it's a happy medium, but, um, but no, yeah. I don't think I'm going to bring him this weekend. Cause I did, I do remember field hunts were kind of just easier on them. Um, and there's also some people would say like water, is easier on them. Um, but I, I noticed personally with Gunner that field hunting, he could get a lot around a lot easier, but I might be able to convince you to change your mind on that. Cause that'll be Chevy's first spec hunt. And I know they've got other dogs, but we might could bring them out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I think we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be cool. To have the, you know, one of the first hunts and, and, you know, potentially one of the last, that's, that's kind of a cool tie in with the dogs and, you know, I, I definitely would agree that probably a dry field hunt or I know Arkansas in general right now is uh, lacking in water. So I think that that may be a little bit easier. You know, at least water hadn't been sitting on those fields for the last couple months, you know, really creating that thick mud. Um, that could be 
could be a lot easier. Yeah, I think that's a, a I haven't really thought about that before, but one thing I'm doing, and it's kind of similar to what you, you, Addison, did with Gunner with his last season, how you got a bird from each hunt. Um, I'm obviously mounted Goose's first retrieve um, and put it on a dead mount. And the main reason I did that is with the dead mount I did, you can add birds to it um, as many as you want. You just got to make the kind of the display bigger. So what I'm doing with his last season is just getting a, a special or trophy bird, quote unquote, from the season. So even if it's not every hunt, a trophy bird that my dad might kill um, and he retrieves, you know, a special bird throughout the, the season. I'm going to add to that. And it, if it comes down to 20 birds, I'm adding, so be it. But it, it just gets me thinking. Yeah. And one thing I forgot too, and this doesn't apply because we're right on the edge of, of hunting season, but I remember, you know, with Gunner, they said he wouldn't make it to hunting season. And so in October we did, we went to a pen raise, you know, place to hunt and i think that's a great thing to do for for older dogs if you if it's not hunting season you can go to a place just to get him you know some retrieves but um i don't think you're gonna have to worry about that luke from, from what the way addison's describing it you may have like two or three seasons of the last season and that would probably be a good thing you know i won't be mad about it a bit you know i, I keep telling myself it's like okay this might be his last full season, but surely I'll be able to bring him on a couple easy hunts in, in the future. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to be thankful for each hunt I get with him. You know, he's, he's one heck of a dog, man. I just, I know I keep saying it, but he's, he's that, I know he's going to be the dog for me, the the dog that in 20 years I look back and hate, I hate to say it, but compare each dog I get to him. Um, and it's not going to necessarily bring that dog down. But there's key points that I did with Goose that I will want to do forever and ever with another dog. So it's uh, it's going to be incredible to see, man. It really will be. Yeah, that sounds sounds like it's just going to be a great you know season overall. Looking forward to that. I want to. I got a couple other things I want to talk to you about Goose, and then we're going to get into some new product stuff. But let's take a quick break here and hear a couple messages from our sponsors. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. All right, everybody, we're back with Addison Edmonds and Luke Moore from Gunner Kennels. And we've been talking about Luke's Black Lab Goose, who is potentially, um, you know, looking at his last season of hunting. And so, we, you know, I know Addison has had some some recommendations, and, and I've kind of thrown out a couple things. One thing that I wanted to, to point out to you, Luke, is taking lots of pictures. Now, now one thing that is a little bit different from, you know, when I lost my, my first lab we didn't all have cell phones in our pockets with awesome cameras in them. Um, so a lot of the pictures that I have, you know, were taken and printed. And, uh, and so I have a lot of pictures of that dog Cole and I have them even in my office here at Ducks Unlimited. Um, and I'm pretty proud of those cause it's like, Oh yeah, that was my first dog. And 
And so one thing that I would recommend, and I don't know, Addison, you can kind of chime in here too, but, you know, get lots of pictures and not only pictures of goose retrieving and goose hunting, but pictures of you and goose and you and goose and your buddies that you hunt with. Um, I hope that makes sense. Addison, is that something that, that you, you did with Gunner? Yeah. And I always would try to take lots of pictures of him, but I was lucky enough to, we had a photographer on some of the hunts and I, that's something I'd never think of is getting a picture of me with, you know, with the dog. So I think that's a great point to try to get a, a bunch of, of both y'all. Good tip. And while we, we've been kind of providing some tips there, I'm just curious myself, you know, Luke, what are kind of your expectations for this? I think that's, that's kind of a weird question, but, you know, we've kind of provided a few things for you, but, you know, what do you really want to get out of that? Yeah, that's a super good question that I honestly haven't really thought of. You know, it's just, it's just been trying to provide a season where goose can enjoy it without struggling much. And, you know, that's, that's, that's based on a lot of variables, but, um, on my expectations, it's just, you know, I was telling my wife, uh, who I'm lucky enough loves to hunt with me every once in a while. Um, I was telling her that I would love to see him just have some special retreats with everyone else. You know, he's retrieved all of my birds that I can think of. Um, but last season he got my wife's first duck, his, his, one of the last retreats of that season. So I just want to see more of that. You know, I want to see some, some awesome birds come out. My dad, I hunt with uh, some of my closest cousins. We hunt um, all the time together. So that's the main expectation to see, you know, it's obviously a healthy season with goose, but um, to see some meaningful retrieves to end it, at least potentially end it, I should say. Yeah. Addison, um, you know, you mentioned you had multiple seasons with Gunner there. Um, but did you, did you go into that kind of with an expectation of, of what you were trying to get out of his potential last season? No. And I didn't even have any hunts like really planned just because he wasn't supposed to make it past, um, I think December, but he's, he kind of turned around and made a, like a last push. So to where in January, I think I took him on like 17 hunts. And so I was flying by the seat of my pants, just going from one state to the next and just trying to be very mindful of, of him and, you know, would bring different supplements and medicine and pain medicine and just whatever I could, but really no expectation. I remember one day, uh, I think in Oklahoma, it was 40 mile an hour winds. If it wasn't that, it felt like that. And I don't think we cut a feather. We might've shot one bird, but I remember just being so excited because he was supposed to be dead at that point. And so every day I would get to take him hunting was like a bonus. And so I was just like enjoying every minute of it. Even like at night he would, Gunner would come up and rub up on me, like all excited, like he used to when he was really young, we had a big day of hunting. So um, I didn't really have any expectations. I was just trying to you know, see if he could make it and just try to let him enjoy it. Um, so kind of a different situation, but yeah, I don't think, I think that's probably the right attitude just not having too many expectations. Cause then you might be fighting yourself on, well, you know, I really wanted to get a limit and we're two ducks away, but you know, um, might be really cold or something. And, and, you know, I think that's the right, right attitude is to not really have any goals or expectations, just taking it all in and enjoying it. Yeah. And you brought up the point, you know, where you mentioned gunners kind of rubbing up against you after a hunt, something like that. I think that's another thing to keep in mind, Luke, is, is not always necessarily the hunting scenarios here. It's, you know, at camp and uh, maybe setting decoys or, you know, whatever, some kind of special moments there that uh, everyone kind of does something a little bit different with their dog, but probably take advantage of those as much as possible. That's a great point. You know, it's uh, after all of this, you know, that's that's one thing that I've looked over. Obviously, he's spoiled to death, and I think Addison can contest to that. But 
That's a great point. You know, one thing, you know, it's as stupid as it may sound, after every hunt, if there's tall grass anywhere, his favorite thing to do after a hunt is to go mouse hunt. And believe it or not, he gets so much joy out of that. And like, again, as stupid as that may sound, it's one thing that he's always done since he was six months old. So um, when he stops mouse hunting, I, I think something's really wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. That's perfect. You're going to have to just take him out in the field after the hunt and just let him mouse hunt for a couple hours. You just sit out there with him. I think we can do that. <laughs> That's cool. Well, cool, man. I'll tell you what, Luke, that's a, it's a cool story. Um, Goose sounds like a great dog. I'm glad you were able to, you know, kind of share this story with us. And I really think, you know, Addison, some of the advice that you provided is awesome. Uh, and I really, what I think this is, this could really help some of our listeners who are facing, you know, a lot of the same situations. And maybe I think the best point we got out of this from both of you, and you guys just mentioned it, is maybe not setting an expectation um, and just kind of going with it and trying to enjoy it. So um, good luck with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, stop, stop at McDonald's and get them a cheeseburger every once in a while. <laughs> cheeseburgers every dog lots of bacon yeah lots of bacon noted noted <laughs> that's great well cool i think this is a great opportunity here uh, just kind of to transition a little bit and and talk about really the nuts and bolts of gunner kennels and um you guys obviously i think last time you were on addison we announced the ducks unlimited line and i know people were excited about that uh, and now you've got a, a couple different additions some accessories and some different systems do you want to go ahead and explain what some new products you guys have out this fall uh one being the door for the cold weather system and, and start with that one and then we'll just kind of go down the line sure it's interesting because we we're talking about you know bringing up memories of gunners last season we i had a prototype for this cold weather door kit uh i was using in kansas and i remember it was really, really cold in the morning, and it um, warmed up in the afternoon so much so that I took the the prototype off, and that was a big. Um, I actually took those lessons of like well, why it was difficult to take off on the prototype. So I came back to the office and told my engineer like Drew, we've got to figure this out. This is way too hard to take on and off. So we've got a cold weather door cover. Um, it's really you know we've got the all weather kit to cover the sides and the windows. But this door cover is for, I'd say, really cold conditions, which, you know, being in the southeast, you don't need a bunch, but you still would need it at some points. But, you know, once you get further up north, it, it, it gets really cold for a long time. And this door cover, it, it mounts very simply and it's very easy to take on and off, um, which is good for like when it, you know, if it warms up throughout the day, you just pop it off and, and you're done. But we've noticed um, with the all weather kit and the door cover, your dog will, I think he spends like 20% less energy to stay warm in the kennel compared to other options. And we've, we've tested that and I'm sure we're going to have more data on that when we, we launch, but yeah, we're, we're launching just a couple of weeks, I believe. And, and, um, really excited about it because it's one of our most requested products and we always try to listen to the customer and, and, um, you know, I've got my ideas on what we should do for products, but we, we never want to, um, not stay connected to our customers. So this is something that I was just in a meeting with our customer service team and they were really excited for it coming because they still got get a lot of requests for it. But it turned out really nice. Um, I can't wait to, to launch and show people because I think it's going to be very beneficial for a lot of people that are, you know, have their dogs in the back of a truck and a kennel 
during those really cold months. Yeah, can you just explain? I'm trying to visualize how how you can get that door off so easily. You know, you mentioned that it's it's really easy easy to take on and off. Uh, kind of explain to our audience. So yeah, go ahead. The the cover is a uh, it's somewhat flexible material, but it's got really strong magnets in the top and bottom of it. And we you replace the nameplate on the top with a powder coated steel plate. And then you put a powder-coated steel plate on the bottom spot where we've got an opening for a name tag, and the thing just pops right on. And it's it, it's almost too strong of magnets. Like, it really stays on there. But I thought, you know, I did a lot of testing on it, and I've got one of those truck vault toolboxes in my truck. So the kennel sit up higher than, than it normally would because the toolbox is on the whole floor of the bed. So I was thinking, what if people are, you know, have their kennel facing the side and they've got one of those toolboxes like – I'm not going to depend just on magnets. So we've got a little backup tether with a carabiner that you can lock onto the tie-down pin or the door in case something was to ever happen where really strong winds, you know, was able to force the cover off, which we haven't seen, but just kind of a backup to keep, you know, a hold of that cover, just a little backup safety mechanism. It's got some holes in there for some ventilation just because you still, you know, don't want to have them completely covered and we've done studies on like the amount of CO2 in the kennel and, and everything. We've got a bunch of data that we've been testing on to make sure that your dog's going to stay safe. And I also think, you know, we're going to have, because it can keep your dog so warm, some language about when not to use that product just so that the dog doesn't get too hot. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I know that's probably hard to visualize, but I'm sure we're going to have some great imagery and videos of it when we launch it. Oh yeah, I bet you will. Uh, you know, just kind of on that, Side note, as you're describing it and, you know, and this is just something I'm curious about, you know, what is one of the accessories that you guys came out with that complemented the kennel? What would you say is like the, the best accessory that you guys came out with that complements your kennels? There's a couple running through my head. So we sell a lot of the beds and the pads, um, but the fan is really good for, for pushing air through the kennel and keeping it well ventilated. Uh, we actually have a wheel kit that we had a lot of requests from customers to be able to roll the intermediate kennel around. And I don't think we've promoted it as much, but you you pop out the drain plug and you put this bracket in and put the drain plug back in and you got wheels for your intermediate so you can roll it around like the large kennel. Uh, Luke, what what am I missing? What's some accessories that um, are are doing really well or you know really fixing a, uh, a I guess the all-weather kit's another one. Yeah, the two that come to my mind, aside from the beds, you know, I'm a little bit biased with an older dog for the ortho bed. It's it's insane. Like, you go in there with the ortho bed for an older dog like Goose, and you know he's comfortable. You know, it's not in the back of your head. And, you know, he'd be fine without it. But, like you said, to spoil your dog a little bit and to have as much comfort on the hips and joints, it's incredible. But aside from an older dog, two that come into my mind are the all-weather kit and the fan kit 2.0, you know. The all-weather kit for me, um, it's not necessarily going to keep the kennel a whole lot warmer, but it's going to keep it from getting colder, if that makes sense. So it's going to keep those elements out, the wind, rain, snow. And so, again, that's always in the back of my head. When If I didn't have it, I don't want my dog getting wet and cold um, if she didn't have to. And vice versa, in the summer, you know, I had a, a pretty – it could have been scary experience if I didn't handle it the proper way. But my wife and I, along with some of her family, went to a car show a couple weeks ago and obviously thought I would always bring goose with me. I didn't think they'd mind. I brought him, and they didn't end up allowing dogs in there for the first year ever. Um, it was around 80 degrees, and, you know, he probably would have been fine in the kennel. But to put him in there and put the fan on the high speed, it was it – was, 
awesome to experience that. You know, whether you're stopped in traffic in the middle of summer, you don't want your dog sitting in 100 degree heat in the back of the truck. So to flip that fan on, it's a game changer. Um, it allows for a, a wider range of opportunity and travel with your dog. Yeah, and you guys just updated that fan kit too. Did, well, I mean, it would have been well, last year probably about this time when you guys did the updates on it. But, you know, I know a lot of people that have the the fan kit 1.0. And so can you just kind of describe what the fan kit 2.0, like what were the upgrades there? I'm going to take a stab at this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just let me know what I missed. So the the, the new one, it's lo- it's got two speeds, low and high. The low speed is actually the only speed option on the first one. And it's got a high speed that's like over double that. So it's moving twice as much air. It's got um, LED lights to indicate the battery life. And it's got a new battery that lasts, oh gosh, I think on the low speed, it'll last like 20 hours. And in the high speed, it'll last, what, eight? Yep, around eight or nine. Yeah. So much better battery life. You don't have to remove the battery like the old one, which I just found aggravating to try to remove it. You just plug it right in. Um, And then what else did I miss, Luke? I think that pretty much does it. You know, the battery life for me is my favorite part. Again, in that situation where I left Deuce in the kennel with the fan, it didn't cross my mind because it's fully charged 20 hours. I'm definitely not going to be in the car for show for 20 hours, even eight to nine hours on the high speed. So that, that pretty much hits nail on the head. And, you know, aside from just like the fan kit 1.0, you could purchase um, an accessory to where you could run it to a cigarette outlet and vice versa. Uh, with this one, it, c- it comes in the kit. So you have that option of when you're traveling, once that fan's past 75% charged, it'll maintain that charge. So if you're traveling across the country, you're covered. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Hey, uh, Addison and Luke, is there any other accessory that we forgot about here? Um, anything else new that you guys got coming down the line? Yeah, so we've got the kennel bowl that is a water food bowl that mounts to the inside of the door of the kennel that we launched a couple months ago, and that's doing really well. We also have another example of listening to our customer. We have longer tie-down straps. So if you have a long bed truck or if you put your kennel all the way up towards the tailgate and can't strap it to the back anchors up against the cab, we've got 14-foot straps versus the original 8-foot straps. And we also sell them in a combination where – you can do two eight foot and two 14 foot, which is really nice. Uh, then I think also just we launched the uh, Mossy Oak Bottomland collection. So we've got 10 products with the Bottomland pattern that I think is doing really well. And then in terms of new products, tomorrow we're launching our um, food scoop. So we've got a dog food scoop that complements the food crate and it's measured out to where you can easily measure one, two, or three cups. And it's super durable, indestructible. I've left it with chewing dogs for a long time and can't can't put a dent in it. Um, made in America. Um, pretty excited about that. Awesome. Sounds exciting, man. All kinds of new exciting stuff coming from you guys. And before we get you out of here, I got one last question. And that's just, uh, you know, something that you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier when you are talking about, you know, taking Chevy on the first dove hunt. But I want to just get an update on Chevy. You know, you had introduced Chevy on the show you know, what would have been last fall. And now, you know, where's Chevy? You know, how's the training going? How are you handling it? Um, how's the process? Yeah. So I guess I got them uh, right at the end of duck season, like in February of, uh, shoot, I guess that this year. Yeah. Cause he's only 11 months old. Yeah. That's right. It was on the summer show when you, yeah. when you mentioned that. That's right. So I, you know, I trained him as best I could and realized, you know, this is a really important year his formative year and um 
his trainer, Miles Durham, is up in Kentucky, so he's an hour and a half away. So um, I would send him with him for a few weeks at a time. I'd come back and get him and keep him for a week or two and then send him back. And he actually took him to a hunt test. He got a started pass and um, took him dove hunting two weekends ago, I guess. And he really surprised me with um, how much he's progressed. You know, hand signals, stop on the whistle, heel, bring the bird back at heel um he did really well and we're taking him spec hunting this weekend and excited to see how he does then but um i've got him back full time now and and he's part of the family and enjoying that and doing really well it's i think he's probably i don't know probably because a professional trainer trained him he's he's earlier than uh i guess learned more than gunner did at this age and so really impressed with with how he's doing and can't wait to see how he does this duck season Awesome. That's exciting. So what, what is the biggest shift other than, you know, a professional trainer that you didn't maybe remember about having a, a young lab at the house? Oh yeah. It was, it's pretty hard to go from a 12 year old dog that you just know everything that they're thinking and they know everything you're thinking to, a, you know, a puppy while I've got four of the young kids and now you've got this puppy that, you know, he, right now I think he's kind of in those teenage years where he still wants to rebel and not really listen to you all the time. And so trying to get back in that mode of being patient with them, but also making sure they understand when they're, you know, stepping out of line. And so it's kind of a balance, but it's, I'm, I'm trying to relearn it all. And he does really well getting in the crate and staying in the crate and, um, you know, taking him to the office, he does really well on place. And so I can just put him. I've got like a bottom half of a kennel right beside my desk and I just tell him to place there and he just stays right there. And, um, but, but he's also made some mistakes. He jumped up and ate somebody's food off the, off the table <laughs> <laughs> about a month ago. That was, that was not, not his best moment, but you know, no dogs are perfect and they all have character and quirks. So, but yeah, he's fun. The kids are, are loving him being back home full time. That's great to hear. That's exciting times. Man, guys, I really appreciate you guys joining me on the show here. It's been awesome. Luke, it's great to hear about Goose. Um, looking forward to hearing more, you know, maybe get a follow-up on on how the season went or how it's going, maybe midway through, something like that. Uh, Addison, always appreciate you ha- having you on the show and excited to hear more about Chevy. You know, I hope this, uh, the spec opener in Arkansas is, is probably a really good opportunity for a young dog, uh, mainly because it's warmer and potentially drier and, you know, that there's probably going to be an abundance of opportunity out there. So, you know, good luck with that. Yep. And, uh, Chris, we'll want, to, we'll want to plan. So tentatively next, this coming April, April or May, I've got a new product that I can talk your head off for about six hours on that I, I'm super excited about. So we'll have to make sure, kind of like this one, we haven't said it, we haven't told anybody about the door cover. We're launching it in two weeks. Love to get back on and, and talk about that other new product that we've got coming out in April. Heck yeah, man. We love launching new products. That's exciting. I mean, that that's a lot of what our listeners are into. They're into the gear, you know, every, everything we do, every episode like that, um, they're fired up about it. So anytime you want to come on here and launch a product, we'll, I'm more than happy to have you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank y'all. Yeah, no problem. I'd like to thank our guests, Addison Edmonds and Luke Moore from Gunner Kennels. It was great having them on the show and, and kind of talking Luke through potentially his Retriever Goose's last season. I'd like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for doing a fantastic job of putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting Wetlands Conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.